be afraid to try on different looks, different styles, different aesthetics to find out what it is that you really love and what it is that you are going to be good at long term and the thing that you're really going to to devote your time and your passion to. I feel like I in my life have always been doing something unique that people are looking at saying well that doesn't seem like it's gonna work. Yeah. Once you get once you get to a certain point you have to kind of separate yourself and be like yeah. this is me this is not me. Mm -hmm. That's you and that's awesome mm -hmm. but I don't have to do that thing too. Yes. So. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Creative Waffle Podcast. I am Hannah Brown, your new host alongside Mark. And in today's episode, I had the wonderful privilege of talking to Alana Kearns from Whimsically Warm. Alana and I are actually from the same rural area in Ohio and went to the same university. In today's episode, we talk about how to brand yourself as an individual and a small business and how to grow your small business in a rural area versus a big city. There are definitely a lot of golden nuggets in this episode, so be sure to grab a pencil and pad of paper because you're definitely going to want to write some of this down. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Great, so we are going. So hello, Alana. How are Hi. you doing today? Hi, I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. Good, good. <laughs> Welcome to the Creative Waffle Podcast. Like I said before, you are my first ever interview, so yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of bear with me here, everybody. Um, and also, just a disclaimer for those listening, we are in a coffee shop currently, so <laughs> any background noise or the dinging of the bell or anything like that, hopefully we can edit some of that down, but just kind of ignore the background noise. But yeah, so like I said, we're in a coffee shop in a town that we both are very familiar with. Yes. So um, I'm actually going graduating from the university that you went to. We both went to the same university. Um which is pretty awesome, and we'll get to that more in a second. But just right off the bat, could you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself, your business, kind of what you do, where sure. they can find you? Yeah. Um, so my name is Alana Kearns. Um, my business is called Whimsically Warm. Um, I do custom hand lettering and calligraphy. Um, there's a few facets to my business, including like wedding and event signage and stationery. Um, I teach classes, and then I also have an online shop um, where I sell like hand letter goods. And so um, that kind of sums up my business. Um, as far as personally, I, um, like we said, I graduated here from Bluffton University in 2016. And I actually did not, we'll talk about this later too, but <laughs> I actually did not go to school for art. I went to school for teaching. So um, yeah, an interesting turn of events in life, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And that's an awesome topic, like you said, that we'll get to later. Yes. Um, yeah, so, and where can they find you on Instagram or oh, wherever um, else? Or? Um, Instagram is at whimsicallywarm. Uh, my website is whimsicallywarm.com. Um, and I also have an Etsy shop, which is under the same name, whimsicallywarm. Awesome. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so I guess my first question for you, like we said, we're both from the same area. I'm from Finley, which is, okay. yeah, yeah, 15 minutes the other way. <laughs> um, and you're from Lima, and we both went to Bluffton. Right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, right. Smack dab between the two. If anybody lives in Ohio, you know exactly what we're talking about. But um, so, yeah, we're both from the same area. And I think you would agree. It's a very rural area. Like, oh, yes, the, definitely. Yeah. The biggest city next to us is Toledo, which is like an hour north. And then what else? Like, Cle or not yeah, we're kind of we're kind of in the middle of like Fort Wayne, yeah. Columbus, 
Toledo. We're just kind of like smack dab in the middle, an hour or so away from all of them. Yeah, yeah. So those are all the big cities near us, but we're definitely in more of a rural area. And that can make growing a business a little bit difficult sometimes, um, especially with the stigma of everybody saying, oh, you need to be in a big city to be successful or be freelance or anything like that. So how are you making your business successful in this smaller area? Or how did you kind of get your business off the ground being in this smaller rural area? Yeah. So um, I guess the first thing I would say is that um, to, to do something art related in a smaller town or in a more rural area, um, what you do needs to be unique and not be able to be um, copied or imitated easily because um, I feel like I've always said that Lima is kind of like five years behind. The yeah, rest of the, yeah, I agree. <laughs> five years behind like all the bigger cities yeah. and all the things that get popular there will make its way here, but yeah. it takes a little while. And so yeah. If you can be one of the people that brings those new trends or those new uh, new art styles to the small town, then that's going to be something that can, you can kind of get a leg up or you can get some leverage on. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest ways that I've grown my business and, or, and started it in the first place is really through word of mouth. Um, being from a small town or small area, you'll find that everybody knows everybody one way or another. And so um, if you can provide really good services at a fair price and people feel like you connect with them and get a good value from you, then um, they're going to tell everybody that they know about that. Mm-hmm. And so once you establish a good reputation in the area that you're in, mm-hmm. um, you can grow exponentially from the people that you already have established relationships with. So. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, and I mean, you do a lot of weddings as well, so I'm sure word of mouth if you need... And that's another thing when you think about it, too. Around this area, how many hand letters do you know around this area? Um, I know know two other people that do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... Um, business-wise, I guess, like, mm-hmm. you know, there might be people that do it as a hobby, um, but as far as business goes, there's only a couple, a couple others, so Yeah, that makes it unique. Right, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that kind of leads to another question, weighing pros and cons of being in a smaller area. So, I guess you could say a pro is competition is a lot less, Definitely. kind of, being in this area. Oh, yeah. You don't have <laughs> as many people competing against you for mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, would you say there are any other pros being in a small, you said word of mouth is a good one. Um, I would also say that it's a lot easier to establish relationships with, Mm. um, other businesses. Like I partnered with a couple wedding venues in the area and establishing relationships with your clients too, because, um, after, after somebody knows about lettering and, you know, you can get this made by me, you know, they might go to Hobby Lobby and see something that is, you know, a similar style or something that they might be interested in, but they've established a relationship with me and they know that I can customize anything and I'll right. work with them. And so it's a lot more special than just going to the store and buying it off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like with establishing relationships with venues and with other small businesses, um, like, I think everybody's probably heard of, like, the hashtag or the saying, like, community over competition. Mm-hmm. I believe that in a small area like this, that is completely true. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of a lot of business from venues that I'm partnered with um, because we help each other out. And we yeah, have this, right. like, personal and professional relationship mm-hmm. um, that is just really strong and we trust each other. And so that really helps a Yeah, lot. that's awesome. That's a really good point. Um, so what would you say some cons then are about kind of being in this smaller area? 
Um, I would say that as far as as far as planning like product launches and things like that go, you just have a lot less access to resources that you need. Um, for me, that means that when I am planning a workshop, uh, I have to order my things online because I, you know, I'm an hour or so away right. from any store. So if I need something last minute, I need to find a way to get it quick, and that's not always possible. So, um, so that's definitely definitely a con. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess that's really the first one that comes to mind, but yeah. other than that, it's just, you know, not having, I guess, as wide of a customer base as somebody in a larger area, mm-hmm. but another, like, a good thing, I guess, um, is that you can, since we're, like, in the middle of all these big cities, uh, I'm kind of only an hour or so away from having that larger customer base, so, um, right. con turned pro, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I completely get it, and I find... One of my struggles is, so my boyfriend, he lives in like the Novi area of Michigan. So um, Metro Detroit, and that's obviously a huge city. Right. So I find like whenever I'm up there, I'm constantly doing my shopping while I'm up there. Like they (laughs) have all the art stores you could possibly think of and like any retail store in the books he has up there. So I'm so, yeah. (laughs) So I'm always doing all my shopping when I'm up there with him. But Yeah. yeah, it's difficult around here, you know, to you have your core customers and you have your core people you can always like rely on. And, but then I feel like for me, especially it's hard to branch out of those people around here, I guess. Um, so I do a lot of freelance work with like the university, um, or I have my Etsy business as well. And like, I'll do custom portraits, like that kind of thing. But my social media presence isn't exactly the biggest, you know? So it's kind of hard to develop that platform and that, um, presence, I guess, in a kind of an area like this. Yeah. That could be a challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And like there, like you said, there are a lot of pros and cons of being in a smaller area. And, but for me, I guess my other question to you is, do you plan on staying in this area? forever possibly uh, yeah I do yeah um, my husband and I actually I guess this veers more into like personal than professional yeah but, but it's okay um, <laughs> a couple of years ago we bought a, a piece of land that we we're planning to build on and that's so awesome we're, definitely, we're planning on that being our forever home God willing and so um, yeah, yeah we, we definitely plan to stay in this area so, oh that's awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome um for me on the other hand though I do plan on as soon as I graduate I'm out of here really <laughs> yeah um I guess something wrong with that no <laughs> yeah well I guess for me, I've grown up in the area my whole life, mm-hmm. and yes, I could move to like Columbus or some place like that. But sure. um, I'm really tired of doing the long distance thing with yeah. my boyfriend. And we're kind of <laughs> we've been dating for a while now, so we're kind of ready to take that next step. So, and there's a lot of opportunity, I guess, for me up where he's at because yeah. in the same aspect aspect as what we we're talking about, it is a bigger city, but the designer. I guess field of it isn't exactly as prominent, sure. I suppose. So there's a lot of room for growth up there as well. But we're also the kind of couple we want to travel. Like we want to go everywhere. Yeah. He's English, so I'm hoping that we can live in England someday for a oh while. Goodness, and amazing. yeah, so I guess that's another cool thing about being an artist is you can kind of go anywhere. You can go wherever. Yeah. You want to. That's right. Yes, as long as you have the financial stability that's to do right. so. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Next question, why the name Whimsically Warm? What, when you were thinking about kind of starting your business, what made you lean towards that name? Yeah, that okay, name? so I actually just did, I talked about this a little bit in an Instagram post a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, like when I started this originally, I started doing just work on canvases and mm -hmm. that started just me making things for my house. And then my mm -hmm. husband was like, well, you should, you should try to open an Etsy shop and you know, if people, if people buy stuff then that's awesome. And if they don't, then you, you know, you didn't lose anything. Oh, that's awesome. He's so supportive too. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, like, yeah, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I did. And, uh, when I, when I was thinking about names, I was thinking about it, this being like home decor. Hand lettering was not my main focus. It was it was on home decor. Mm -hmm. And so I chose Whimsically Warm because that was, um, like I, I was just doing like a really big brainstorm of um, just words associated with that kind of right. feeling that I was going for. Um, that I wanted like my branding to be about. And so I was, I had just like pages of ideas and I was like, none of these feel, none of these feel right, you know? And so I finally, I was kind of frustrated with it. I kind of just set it down, set it aside. And I just started lettering in a separate, like in my sketch pad. And as I was doing that, I was just kind of, you know, releasing some frustration. And then um, I kind of took a step back and I looked at my my lettering and I was like, oh, like I did this, like this word, I don't remember what I wrote, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, I did this word really well. I love that style, it looks so whimsical. And I was like, oh. Maybe that's a really great word. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of paired whimsical with um, with one of the other words that were on my list, warm, mm -hmm. um, just as like I said, a feeling of the kind of home decor style that I was going for. And I thought, yeah. okay, this is great, whimsically warm. This is great because it's something that applies now. But if this changes course over the next, you know, year, however long this goes, then it it's not a you know it's not a size fits all name, and it can. It can change as my business changes, right? Which it has. <laughs> that's an awesome. That yeah, that's an awesome way to think of a name. It's like how you want it to feel. Yes, and exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. So I messaged you a little bit ago and was asking for branding advice because one thing I'm really struggling with right now is kind of branding myself and um, with graduation on the horizon. Like my long term goal is to be freelance and to be a freelance illustrator. But I'm, I feel like I'm, I say this all the time, like I'm a jack of many trades, but a master of none. Yeah. Like I love to paint. I love digital illustration. I love traditional illustration. I love character design. I love graphic design. Me and my boyfriend do photography on the side. So like, I like to do a bunch of different things and I'm really art things. Yes. Yes. Um, but I know down the line, it's not going to be realistic for me to do all those things because sure. I'm not going to attract a certain kind of client. And, um, one thing that the honest designer show they talk about all the time is saying yes to everything. You say yes to everything that comes in because you can do everything. But in the end that kind of ends up hurting you because yeah, that is a struggle for sure. Right. So I didn't know if you had any advice about how kind of you branded yourself and niched yourself down because when I do visit your Instagram, it looks very cohesive. It all looks that's the same. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And so good. I know that's something too that businesses really strive for is cohesiveness, like a central color palette, like that kind of thing. And that's what I want too, is I want a specific feeling for my brand. Sure. So how did you kind of emulate that with your brand? So I really did start with the feeling that I wanted, you know, I kind of like when I started my branding, I guess I thought about if I'm a customer and I come to my webpage or I come to look at, you know, the work that I do, like 
what is it that I want to feel? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know, like, I don't know if you're into, like, Enneagram stuff, but I'm a type 4. And I'm all about feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so um, the feeling and the aesthetic and, you know. Right. Me you know, too. That whole thing. Yes. And so, um, so that's really, that was, like, my, my starting point is, like, what do I want to feel like when I, when I look at this? Or when I hang this thing in my home, what should it feel like? Mm -hmm. um, so that's where the name came from. And that's also where all the branding came from. So that's mm -hmm. where, um, like, the colors, all the, I guess I don't, I don't really use fonts because I yeah, like, everything and letter, everything, yeah. <laughs> for the sake of, you know, for the sake of conversation, the fonts came yes. from, and, um, um, and just, like, that light and bright airiness, um, I, like, you have to find, like, a certain editing style and stick to it as far as, like, posting things to Instagram goes, and that really keeps, like, a cohesive feel, um, but really everything is centered around the feeling of wanting to feel, when you look at my stuff and when you look at my brand and everything, you should feel warm. You should yes. feel like this is homey. You should feel like this is cozy. You should feel like it is um, modern and whimsical and warmer. And that's, so yeah. that's really, I started with that feeling of what I, what I wanted because I did have a very specific like idea in my head of what I wanted that to feel like. And I just needed to find all the words and the look and the aesthetic that went with it. That's and that awesome. was flowing from that. So, mm -hmm. so that's kind of, that's kind of how I started more practically speaking, I guess a little less abstract. Um, mm -hmm. I just read a lot about how to brand. So that's, a, that's awesome. <laughs> I do your research. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so that really started with just a Pinterest search of, I actually read a lot about blog branding and kind of applied that to like business branding. And in the past several years, since I started this business, um, a lot more information has become readily available about mm -hmm. branding. So, um, I wouldn't say the information is different, but it's definitely, uh, like more prevalent now. People know a little bit more about branding and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I just did a lot of reading and I kind of trusted my gut on what, um, on that, that feeling that I had of what I wanted people to, to see. And one thing you said to me too is you kind of created a list of words yes. that you liked and a list of colors. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that process? Because I actually, <laughs> if I flip through my notebook, I started a list of things that I love. Oh, that's and just like That's so good. <laughs> things that I like and things like colors and feelings. But again, I find myself, I love a lot of things. So how did yes. you kind of narrow it down, I guess? Yeah. Or how did you use that list to, yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that I used a, you know, step one, step two, step three right. way to pare that down because mm -hmm. I'm, I, I feel the same way in that, like, I, I've always liked a lot of different yeah. things and had a lot of different interests that may not necessarily correlate with each other. And, um, and so you know, the same thing where I kind of find myself overwhelmed with all these options. Like, well, I can do this and I can do this right. and I like this and I like that. But you kind of have to, um, I don't know. I, I just kind of have this gut feeling like this is the one that I need to go with. Mm -hmm. And then um, as far as like colors and things like that go, I did make a very, very long list yeah. of all the things <laughs> that could that could be. And so I guess I kind of made... Um, pin boards for like all of these things and I kind of tried to group them together like this is my um blue and white and mint like oh, pin board I like that, that idea. like that whole aesthetic with mm -hmm. certain textures and color palettes and things like that this is my creams and pinks and beige and blush 
pinboard. Oh, you know? okay. And so I kind of tried them all on, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, in different ways by making mock-ups of web pages and mock-ups of products and things like that that would fit that aesthetic. Okay. Um, and then I picked which one I felt was best, which I, you know, if you look at my brand, you can see that I went with the blush and the pink and the mauve. Yeah. Um, and the cream colors. So that, I guess that's kind of, yeah. That's an awesome idea. Pair them all together, you know, make them all big groups as if you're going all the way with that mm-hmm. certain aesthetic. And then try them all on and see which one, you know, it's like making clothes into a fitting room. Right. You may bring a lot of things in that look really nice in the hanger, but once you put them on, it may not feel like you or it may not fit right. And that so- is the best advice I've heard <laughs> like ever. That's awesome. And, you know, so another question, I guess, is lettering on Instagram or online seems quite saturated sometimes. It seems like everybody's trying to be saturated or everyone's trying to do it. Everybody's wants to be a letterer Mm -hmm. and yeah, wants to make it, I guess. So how do you kind of, do you find yourself comparing yourself to others sometimes? Or do you find yourself like, I know for me, this is a really bad habit of mine. Like I'll be scrolling through Instagram (laughs) and be like, Oh, why can't I be that good? Like they're so good. Like how do you kind of, stick like put your blinders on and keep doing you and um well I think that's definitely an issue I mean I think that if you ask anybody if they have ever compared themselves to anybody else if they say no they're they're lying lying. yeah (laughs) um so yes I absolutely do and I part of being in a community even if it's online community um especially through like platforms like Instagram um part of that is that you know you're seeing other people's work and there's always going to be a little bit of comparison there. And I really don't think that you can do anything about that because it's, it's human nature. You're going to compare. Right. Um, but the thing is that when you know who you are and who your brand is, if your brand was a person, you know, if you really know what your brand is about, what your business is about, you can appreciate other people's artwork without wanting to imitate or compare. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you can never get rid of that completely, but I really do think that it's... Once, once I started having my own cohesive branding and my own really sense of this is my business and this is what is not my business, then I could appreciate other, other people's artwork and other people's projects and things that they're sharing without wanting it to be mine too. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I have it in mind that when I post something to Instagram, I'm saying, this is mine. I want to share it with you but I don't want to make you feel like you need to do this thing too. Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And so there are so many different styles of lettering and I really did start um, by imitating, but then once you get, once you get to a certain point, you have to kind of separate yourself and be like, yes. this is me. This is not me. Mm-hmm. That's you. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to do that thing. Too, yes. So. Yeah. No, that's great advice. And something I hear a lot too is, like what you said appreciate don't imitate yes absolutely yes and everybody it takes time and it takes practice to find your style and find your niche and I guess that's what I'm still working on yeah sure but I know yes I know I'll get there someday so I'm just still working at it and trying to find I guess narrow down what I like about certain styles and what I don't like about Mm -hmm. certain styles and you made a really good point too when you're first starting out finding your style you kind of do have to imitate in some aspect like to learn but there's a line between like full-on copying somebody else's style and stealing it or using elements of certain styles to incorporate into your own 
And I think there's a huge difference too. When I first started lettering, um, I'm self-taught. I didn't, you know, I didn't take a course or anything. I just, I just picked it up as a hobby and turned it into a mm-hmm. business. But um, when I first started lettering, um, I would definitely copy, like straight up copy other people's yes. work. But the difference is copying something in your own sketchbook to try to figure out how that person did it or how you might be able to do something similar or learning their their tips and their tricks. That's way different than like taking that and then like capitalizing on it yes yes so like people have um like messaged me before where they have like copied a piece of my artwork but it's just in their sketchbook and I'm like that's fine because you're learning and I it's I don't know I guess it's like flattering to me that you would see that see my thing and be like I want to try I want to try to do that Mm -hmm. the line gets crossed when you like try to capitalize on that yes I did this myself or you know things like that but mm-hmm. yeah I just think there's a big difference there. no I agree <laughs> and like when I was deaf and I couldn't agree more and I wish more people knew that line I guess yeah. you know because there are some people like for me I did the same exact thing I would straight yeah, sure. up copy certain styles but I would never post it yeah, I wouldn't exactly. post it anywhere yeah. it was just for me just learning for your own sake exactly rather than learning for showing other right but then it's the people yeah who will directly (laughs) steal a style or steal even your own artwork and then try to yeah put it on something yeah that's a whole other conversation for another day but no I agree and that's awesome advice um so I guess that kind of you kind of touched on it and that leads me to my next question you didn't go to school for art did not. <laughs> what did you what so do you want to kind of talk about what you went to school for like yeah. we said before we went to the same university it's a very small yes private very small. <laughs> very small private university I think my class has like 180 people in it that sounds about right yeah <laughs> so it's very small and even the art um, department like the art majors aren't exactly that broad or they aren't well I mean they're not okay I guess they're too broad they're not I guess specific enough. Yeah, and I'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. so talk about you want to talk about your college experience, I suppose, or your university experience. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I was a senior in high school and I applied to Bluffton, it was the only school that I applied to. I knew I was going to get in, and I knew that was it. Me. I was like, <laughs> no. This all my friends were like, I had ten schools, and we'll see what happens. And I'm like, no, I'm going to Bluffton. That's where mm-hmm. I'm going. And um, what I loved about Bluffton, and I guess, I guess I should say that I did work in the admissions office, but this is not a plug for Bluffton. Yes, <laughs> it kind of is. I worked for PR, okay, so yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. Um, no, but I absolutely made the right choice. And the reason that I loved Bluffton was because it was small. I knew I wanted to stay close to home, so that was a plus. But it was small. I knew that whoever I was going to school with, I was going to get to know them really well. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was going to have a genuine community of Bluffton. And that's absolutely what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess when I first came to Bluffton, I was a major in early childhood education. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, as I, our first semester in the teaching program, they send you into um, a field experience mm-hmm. in one of the local schools. And right. so I got put in the first big classroom and I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I don't want to teach first grade. For yeah. Sure. So I, uh, I decided that I was, I was going to try out preschool and I went into a preschool and I adored it. I loved preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I switched. Maybe my... that's the cute age before they get like, yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Um, and so I switched my major um, to child development, and okay. I minored in psychology. And I really, um, at this point, I wasn't sure if I was going to teach or if I was going to have some kind of um, other educating role as far as, like, working for... Um, like a, a service in the community. I didn't I didn't really know what I was going to do with that, but I knew that I loved preschool and I loved kids and I had a real heart for families. And so that's what I studied, uh, child development and psychology. Um, when I graduated in 2016, I, um, I got a job at a local daycare and preschool center. Okay. I worked there for about two and a half years and I loved it, but at that same time, um, Parallel to that, I guess I was also growing my business, and so once my business like took off, and I really, I I got to a point where I only had 24 hours in a day, and I needed to make some decisions. Yes. So, um, so I chose to go full time, and that's been eight months ago now. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> first off, because that is a huge step. It is Definitely. a huge step. Kind of leave the. The corporate world and go off on your own into the unknown. Yes. Frozen two, one, love that movie. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, yeah, that is a huge step. And for me, I know that I'm gonna have to start working somewhere. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna I have mean, to. We all have to pay bills. Yes. Like that. We, have that we to, don't want to think about exactly <laughs> student loan debt. Um, <laughs> pay the bills, that kind of thing. And I know I'm gonna have to start off in a nine to five more sure. likely doing yeah but I really hope to someday be able to do that nine to five and do my own thing yeah. so how did you know the time was right for you how did you kind of and you kind of said like there's only 24 hours in the day and I had to yeah. make some decisions <laughs> what was kind of your thought process um your husband seems very supportive so well, yeah like I said before he's awesome yeah um, <laughs> um I guess I'll start by saying my husband is also self-employed he is okay. um a software engineer and so That's he builds awesome. apps he builds software for businesses um mm -hmm. he does a lot of stuff but he's also self-employed and so so um, with that in mind, you know, I kind of had like a steady job and not that his is a steady job. Right. I know. But, you know, I yeah. had a job that I, you know, went to every day mm -hmm. and, you know, did my work. And um, like I said, at the same time, I was doing this thing with lettering with my business. And um, once I... Once I kind of decided, like, I think I want to take this, I think I actually want to get serious about this and not let it just be a hobby, mm -hmm. um, that transition really came because I was looking at how I was spending my time and how I felt when I was spending my time in certain places. And um, it's it's not that I didn't love my preschool job because I absolutely did. And I yes. still love children. I yeah. love them in lots of capacities at church and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, when I saw, like, where my passions really lie... It was with art and it was with lettering. And while I never, ever, ever saw myself being like a business person, and sometimes mm -hmm. I still like, it's funny to say like my business. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get um, it. I never like saw that as something that I would do. And I guess I never really considered it. Once it started growing organically, I kind of thought like, maybe I really can do this even though it's not something that I had planned on. Yeah. Um, and so it really came out of, um, I was just, I was just happy when I was working on projects for my clients that, mm -hmm. um, that really made me decide to take that next step. And like I said, once I, once I said, that, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day, I've got to like, something's got to change yeah, yeah, here. Something's right. got to give, whether it's, um, whether it's preschool or whether it's my business, I knew that I didn't want to stop doing lettering. 
And so that, you know, the natural consequence of that is that mm -hmm. I stopped teaching. So, yeah. Um, do you miss it? People ask me that all the time. Or do you ever know what to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I really do miss my kids, specifically like my kids that I had in my classes. Right. I see them like if I'm friends with like my parents on Facebook or something like mm -hmm. that, I've seen them grow up and I think, oh my heart, like I just I just love them so much. Yes. But <laughs> um, but I don't miss I guess the discipline of like being at a certain place at a certain time every day. I agree that. <laughs> and you you get to sleep in. You get yeah. to work in your pajamas, I'm sure sometimes. If I wanted to do that, I totally could. Yes. And sometimes I do. Don't get me wrong. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's what I strive for someday. Yeah. Um it is quite lovely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what does your everyday look like? now with kind of like your oh, business well it's it's different a lot of days I try I try really hard to set um like a schedule for myself and mm -hmm. I'm super bad at like holding myself oh to me it. too oh gosh but but I think as I I think as I keep going I'll yeah. get a little bit more disciplined and I'm yeah really trying but um I uh once I get up in the mornings I have like quiet time reading my bible and doing a study and things like that um and then once I once I get into the rhythm of actually working I have a I have a work a small workspace um mm -hmm. and so I'll go into my workspace and I'll just kind of make a list of all the things that I need to get done for the week um including like projects that um that are like multi-step I'll say like okay this week I need to get like these steps of this project mm. oh done. okay good idea um and I'm still really looking for like a good way to settle into like project management but that's yeah a whole lot of conversations yeah. <laughs> so I'll kind of make like a big week-long to-do list and then I'll look at my um I'll look at my planner at my weekly schedule any appointments that I have um and so then I kind of just assign certain tasks to certain days mm -hmm. um and then I just try to I just try to push through those and try to get them done as I planned. And obviously, you know, things never go completely as I yes. planned them to, but um, the work gets done. <laughs> I feel like we're the same person because if I okay, so this is my those of you listening, you won't be able to see this. Sorry, but so this is my, I use a bullet journal. Okay, and then over here I put all of my weekly to dos, yeah. and then I plug them in yep. to the day. That's exactly so, what I do. I say like, yes, I and like plug them in. Yes, and then <laughs> like I make big list, and then I just plug them in. What I can do that day, right. Yeah, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. Um, oh, so I also noticed you do workshops. Yes. Right? Yes, so do you want to absolutely. talk a little bit about your workshops? Yeah. And... So, okay. I started, I taught my first workshop in February of last year. So mm -hmm. not quite a year yet. Um, mm -hmm. And it really happened because um, a local venue said, came, they came to me and they said, hey, you know, we have a lot of weddings during the summer and the fall um, and even in the spring. But in the winter, it's really kind of dead around here. And we don't really have a lot of traffic coming through the venue. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'd like to schedule something with you to fill that up. And, I, awesome. and I said, well, okay, what, how do you feel about a workshop, you know? And so we kind of brainstormed and figured, um, yeah, let, let's try it. So we scheduled two, hoping to fill them up um, and kind of work out the kinks as we went. Yeah. You know, both of us had never done this before, so we were just trying it out. Mm -hmm. um, so once they announced to their mailing list they were having workshops, both of them filled up within an hour. Oh, my and gosh. That's awesome. It was wild. Um, awesome. And then so they called me, and they were like, hey, uh, he's got filled up already. What do you think about this date opening another one? I said, Yeah, sure, go for it. And that one filled up. And then they called me again. And we just kind of repeated that. Yeah. And so we had six workshops scheduled. And yeah. it was absolutely crazy. And I was like, so I never knew that people wanted this like in that way that yeah. classes would just fill up like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, we 
we took that, we scheduled the classes, and I designed a workbook um, to take it through, and I did a lot of research with other um, people in the lettering and calligraphy community of like how, how to teach and what to teach mm -hmm. and what supplies to use. Mm -hmm. and, um, again, that whole like community over competition thing. Yes, like, that helps <laughs> in this so moment. Yes. Yeah, we actually we have a Facebook group um, that has over like twelve thousand people in it wow. that do lettering. Some as a some as a business, some as just a hobby, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, you can post like any question there, and people will answer and give you everything you need. And That's so amazing. So shout out to the letter lovelies for helping me the out. The letter with lovelies. Jobs, yes, everybody. <laughs> if you're a letter, check that out. That's, That's right. awesome. <laughs> But um, so they really helped me like kind of establish like a flow, I guess, and like um, the curriculum for the classes. And so um, that's changed a lot over the past year. I think last year I taught 13 workshops, which wow. was awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> and I've gotten a lot better at it. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a, and like we were saying before, like the smaller area, I'm sure there's quite a bit of a demand for that because not very many people are doing yeah. that. Yeah. I'm always surprised. When a class yeah. comes up, I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and Even now. So, so yeah, um, I, you know, I've redesigned the workbook and I like messed with the supplies that we use and the way I teach and things like that over, over the past year or so. But, mm -hmm. um, but this year my goal is to, um, to schedule uh, 20 workshops and you know so far I've had one so that's it's awesome. January 6th that's great yeah that's awesome you're off to so, a great start yeah that's right and so uh, yeah I'm, it's kind of this fusion of teaching and lettering that mm -hmm. um that always sounded like it would be really fun, but I didn't yeah. know if anybody would actually like trust me enough at some point. Well, I mean, you have to actually experience. sign up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so after that first class, I kind of I went home and I was just like buzzing, like I was just on this yes. high, like I cannot believe that this just happened. It went so well, and people loved it. And this is not real life. Yes, <laughs> it's awesome to have those moments in your career too. Sure. And you're establishing a reputation for yourself too, yeah. as well. And that goes back to getting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. People maybe who have gone to your workshop be like, "Hey, I met this awesome letter. I went to her workshop." And then, yeah, word of mouth. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you do any here in Bluffton? Because I'll come to your next one. I haven't done any in Bluffton yet. Oh, so gosh. Far, um, we'll have to I've contact the in. center. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so you definitely plan on to continue um, workshops, obviously. Yes, absolutely. And but you do... They're one of my favorite things, honestly. <laughs> well, it's combining your original yeah. love for teaching right. and then your love yes. for lettering. Um, okay, so I'm going to kind of go backtrack, like back to the university thing. So... This is a very controversial question that I like to ask people because everybody's opinions are 100% different. And sure. I think that's why it makes it so interesting. Do you think going to college for art is necessary to be successful as okay. an artist? So, yeah, there's there's a lot that you have to consider, like, when you're answering that question. Yes. Um, it's all personal, I'll say, too. But... Yes, of course. I'll say, I guess I'll give, like, my final, like, answer and then I'll explain. Okay. That. No, I don't think it's necessary. Okay. Um... I agree. I so we're on the same page. <laughs> I do think it's helpful. Yeah, I think it's very helpful. I think it will if you're sure that art or something art related is something that you want to do. Um, I think it will help you get where you need to go quicker. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that it's impossible to do it without. You've done and it. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, there are definitely some things that had I gone to school for art, I would know now that I didn't have to learn the hard way, for sure. But um, I also think that there's wisdom in learning the hard way, in learning through experience. And um, 
Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say that it's absolutely necessary. I would say that it may be helpful, um, mm-hmm. but there's no one-size-fits-all answer to that. Exactly. To the answer of college in, in general. In general, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say no, not necessary. Yes, it is helpful yes. for certain things. Well, and but, there's so many know. resources out there nowadays, like YouTube, Skillshare. Definitely. Like, different courses that you can pay for to take, like Mark yeah. Holm does workshops, for example, Absolutely. and like that kind of thing. Yep. And I'll kind of chime in my two cents, just because I don't think I've ever said my two cents on the podcast yet. But <laughs> so we go to Bluffton, or I go to Bluffton, and I'm a senior, and I'm about to graduate, and I'm majoring in graphic design. And I'm not going, to, this is just my personal opinion, I'm not trying to bash <laughs> Bluffton, I'm not trying to bash any university, but I think it also depends on where you go and kind of what you decide to do. So for example, I feel like over these past four years, I have grown more as an artist and an individual through my own experiences and like my Etsy shop and being a freelance illustrator on the side, being a freelance photographer on the side, then taking courses at Bluffton. Bluffton has helped me with the technical things like learning Photoshop, learning Illustrator, learning web design, like those technical things that you need to know as a graphic designer. But you can also learn those things without a college degree. You know what I mean? And I've built up my credibility of where I am now through doing things myself than through college. Don't get me wrong, my four years at Bluffton have been great. And I did an internship, I worked at Disney, like it's been an amazing experience, but I feel like also it's not necessary. And I've grown more as a person without taking those courses than with. They've helped me with the technical thing, but not necessarily getting to where I am now. And it also leads me to question too like i'm really nervous about the finding the job part <laughs> like because yeah. that's what's next and um as a designer well i know personally like, i always have these like, oh i'm not good enough like i'll never be good enough like why would they yeah. hire me i'm not good enough and it's just like right. an internal fear and so yeah but that's just me also psyching myself out but I feel like I, for me personally um the even though i didn't you know go to school for art i did go to college at bluffton and so right the, the biggest part of um, being at Bluffton for me, I did get some technical skills on teaching and, and you know training in psychology and things like that. But the biggest part for me was learning um, was learning more about myself, learning more mm-hmm. about how to be in a community, exactly, um, and learning more about um, how to write papers, how to communicate well, how to mm-hmm. network with people. That was that was um, definitely the the best value that I got. Yes, at Bluffton. Mm-hmm. At in general was just yeah. um, that people aspect of things and, and you so, make friendships and connections that you're gonna have for the rest of your life definitely. too yeah. yeah like I'm friends with most of my professors and yeah. I know I'll always have them to lead back on if I have questions and that's that kind of thing. true for me too yeah you know what we wouldn't be talking if I had a conversation exactly so. right <laughs> so college yes I agree college is helpful in the networking aspect as well too and definitely. you do meet all those people and but it's also I guess like it's not 100% necessary, but I think Mark and I are also going to do an episode just on that in the future. So we'll have to see. I'll definitely tune in. Yes. (laughs) Because it is such a controversial thing. And I mean, he's in the UK, so it is, works a little bit differently over there. So, but that's a topic for another day. I just wanted your kind of (laughs) opinion on it. Um, So we talked a little bit about branding. Um, We talked a little bit about your business. So what, are kind of some of your plans for the future 
for your business? Well, I, I want to keep growing as far as like the, the number and quality of workshops that I'm doing because I feel like those are something that really um, get me to meet new people. They help me um, um, have a better relationship with my current clients. Um, they teach me more about lettering itself too because when people ask me questions if i don't know the answer i'm like oh i really should know. yeah i should know the <laughs> so, answer yeah, right. so um so workshops are definitely going to continue to be a really big part of my of my business and my future plans mm -hmm. um weddings as well um those are a really big driver for me in the summer and in the fall like those really big wedding times mm -hmm. um and I also just love weddings. Yeah, so those will, those will never not be a part of Brian and I, sure. Brian and I shot our first wedding last month, oh, and it was so amazing. Yeah. So okay, back. <laughs> um, so yeah, workshops and weddings are definitely going to continue to be a big part. Um, one of my big like lifetime goals, um, whether it's in this business or whatever happens, I want to have. Um, I want Lindsay Cleveland to have a shop. Um, oh, that's a shop awesome. with with a workshop venue space too um I kind of like board no, and brush sort of kind of like, like that yeah. yeah with i have no formal plans for that like at all so yeah like, <laughs> that's just the this, that's in the dreaming stage yes. at this point um but but i that could is, see it happening though oh my gosh that would just be that would that would make my heart so happy <laughs> yes and that's something awesome to work towards too definitely for sure yeah, and I, absolutely. and again, I keep bringing back to like the area we're in, but I'm sure something like that would do so well here because oh, yeah. there's nothing really like that around no, here. And you know what, especially in, um, in Lima, like the downtown is really starting to develop again. Mm -hmm. And I just have a, I have a really big heart for local and for, mm -hmm. um, like shopping small and, um, a lot of that has stemmed because I am a small business or because I have a small business, but, mm -hmm. um, I just I really have a heart for that and I think mm -hmm. that it's really important to um, support your local community and businesses here and um, and just show them that you support them by shopping there and mm -hmm. getting involved with their events and things like that and or so, I always sorry I don't mean to interrupt no, but no, I always shop on Etsy before I'll look on Amazon or yeah, something like sure. that I'll always look at a smaller business like an that's Etsy shop or something like that, that instead of yeah buying from a big corporate yeah yeah whenever possible yes <laughs> you're fueling someone's dream like you're helping finance someone's yeah. big dream and of course there's sometimes when you can't do that like you cannot buy a treadmill off etsy exactly as, as hard as you look it's, it's not gonna be there you guys yes <laughs> but true, you know, true. when you're yes. shopping for christmas gifts that's a great place or you know mm -hmm. um so so with that with like especially downtown lima really really on the up that's something that i i would just love to to contribute to that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I am in a certain way by having a small business in Lima, but since I don't have physical location or physical shop, right. that's something I'd love to contribute to, to mm -hmm. the Lima small business. So I mean, you may, and that kind of brings you, or brings us back to the point you made earlier too. Like you can buy these things at Hobby Lobby sure, or yeah. like Joann's or things like that, but there's something special about buying it handmade from somebody. Absolutely. And that's another reason why I feel like we need more shops like that or we yeah. need more small businesses like that because the feeling you get from buying from somebody is completely different than buying from like Hobby Lobby Definitely. or something. Definitely. And I'm sure you've done signs for people that are going to hang in their house for the rest of their life. Yeah. Or I like, mean, you know, they're, they're made well and it's done by hand and, like I, I think I just posted today um, a sign that has oh, I saw that. Uh, the, yeah. the dates on it, you mm -hmm. know, like they're, 
first date and when they got engaged, married, and then their two kids. And it's like, they're going to have that forever. Their kids are going to have that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think that, that there's something so special about that that you can't buy at Hobby Lobby. As much as I love Hobby Lobby. Oh my truly. gosh, me too. I, I'm but, one of those people, like, I have a coupon. There's the coupon. I'm going anyway. I don't need anything, but I'm going. Oh that goodness. and Bath and Body works with candles, but we won't get started on there. Um, so that sounds like you have awesome big goals for your business. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing workshops. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're going to get into a couple fun questions to end the podcast with. So best purchase under a hundred dollars. It's trickier than it sounds. <laughs> oh gosh. It really is. Okay. So you guys listening, she told me that she was going to ask this question before the yeah. podcast started. And you know what? I was trying I to prepare you. And I still don't know. <laughs> That's I'll okay. go ahead. I'll go ahead and say this. Um, I am a person that really loves uh, to thrift shop and shop at Goodwill, and mm-hmm. I would I would venture to say that eighty percent of my clothing items are Same. from Goodwill. So, yes, um, and, and other like thrift shops and things. So I would say I would say any of my clothing items. Okay, honestly, I know that's not something that you can like go find somewhere and buy. No, you know, that's a good answer. But, um, it seems like every time I say, oh my gosh, this was such a good purchase, it's a thrift shop line. So yes. we'll go with that. <laughs> okay. No, that's a really good answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. Um, okay. So I kind of asked two different questions here. So do you have any advice for young creatives like me who are trying to build up their portfolio, build up their audience? Like what advice would you give me essentially to kind of keep going or to yeah. start out with or any young creative, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess I would just say, I'll I'll give, I'll give two separate pieces of advice, I guess. The first one is, um, don't be afraid to try on, like I said earlier with the, like, fitting room analogy, don't be afraid to try on different looks, different styles, different aesthetics, to find out what it is that you really love and what it is that you are going to be good at long-term and the thing that you're really going to, to devote your time and your passion to. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to try those on. Um, my second piece of advice, I guess, would be that once you find that thing, don't feel like you need to stick to it forever. <laughs> if, um, you know, if you try something and you do it for a while and it's working really well, um, but you're feeling like a stirring in your heart that, that you need to be doing something else, don't feel, don't box yourself in, don't feel like you need to stick with that thing that you initially chose because it doesn't have to be forever. I love that advice. It. Yeah. I love that advice so much. And I feel like a lot of people, and me especially too, is like we get stuck in the rut of, oh, once I find my niche, I have to stay in that, you know, or stay in that. You can venture off. You can, wherever your heart takes you, follow it. And I'm, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier that I forgot to say. Um, But it kind of ties into this. It's like, I feel like not enough people are following what makes them happy and they're doing what it takes to be successful or to make money. And I am trying my hardest not to fall into that trap. And I know at first, like I said, I'm going to have to work the nine to five. It may suck. I might not enjoy it. But I think more people should do what you did. And you kind of had that feeling, that gut feeling. I Lettering makes me happy. And this is where the path is taking me. And I'm going to follow this path because I love creating things and I love lettering. And I feel like more people should be doing that too. Like following what makes you happy, following those gut feelings. And if that means kind of going in a different direction with your business, then do it. Like, but don't be stupid about it. Like, yeah, if yes, you, of course, there's always going to be practical considerations. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> need to keep in mind. Like you still do need to eat. Exactly. So you're going to need some money somehow. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but as far as, as far as you have room 
within that to move around. So don't be afraid to uh, yes. to reinvent those parts of your business or your creative life that, that need a little new life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, okay. So then any life advice in general, any bits and tabs that you tell anybody just in general about life? Oh, about life. <laughs> oh, life. Oh, life. That thing that we so often think about. <laughs> um, I would say like I guess a pattern over over my life and this is like I said earlier if you know anything about Enneagram of the four so this is like hilariously like yeah but I feel like I in my life have always been doing something unique that people are looking at saying well that doesn't seem like it's gonna work yes Um, yeah I got married very young and heard a lot of like well that's not gonna work um, I started a business pretty young, something that I had relatively little expertise in. Well, that doesn't really seem like it's going to work. Um, you know, there's all there's always been something in my life that's been like that, and so I guess I would just say that um, if you're if you're a person of faith, then this will apply, I guess, more to you than not. Yeah. But um, if you're feeling that God is stirring something in your heart, you need to lean into that and you need to give it your attention. Um, don't put off things that. God gives to you just because other people say that it may not work or it's not exactly conventional. Um, uh, follow that, and you know, of course, seek wisdom and discernment in those issues, but um, but explore them and follow follow those passions that He He gives to you. So. Oh, I love that advice, and I've I've definitely been in that boat too, <laughs> for sure. Oh, I love that. Um, last question: How do you want to be remembered? Yeah. Hmm. I know, kind of. I, I don't like need to get morbid. A question, I go. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I guess I I want to be remembered. I guess in a I guess in a non morbid sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, as a person who who is warm and who is uh, wise, mm-hmm. I guess that's what I would say. Um, a person who always makes people who they're talking to feel like feel like they can tell me and I will um, not judge but understand and someone who can speak wisdom into into other people's lives and, and just feel like feel like a home for them oh I love that that's awesome <laughs> okay so I guess just to wrap things up again where can people find you where can people shop your products yes look you so, up um, on Etsy you can buy uh, things like uh, like apparel and gifts and cards and you know a little like knickknack and things like that um uh, just search whimsically warm on etsy and you'll find that there um on instagram and on facebook i'm also at whimsically warm um and then my website is whimsicallywarm.com and um i'll keep my workshop schedule updated on my website and put all out like all announcements through instagram and facebook too so uh, so those are the best places to find me. So. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, uh, this was you. a great conversation. This is lovely. Full thank of you. tidbits. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast with Alana from Whimsically Warm. It was really nice and refreshing talking with Alana and hearing from someone from my area that went to the same university as me and who is thriving as a small business owner in this small uh, rural area of Ohio. Alana gave us a lot of really awesome points about branding your business, such as trying on different color palettes and names and feelings um, onto your business, such as trying on clothes. That was an awesome piece of advice from her. Um, She also gave us 
a lot of really good tidbits of her future plans for Whimsically Warm and how she is thriving as a small business in such a small area. There are a lot of pros and cons of having a small business in a rural area. Some pros, she said, were there is a lot less competition than in a big city. So her workshops are doing really well in this area because there is kind of a strong demand for those here. Um, but an unfortunate con is it's a little more difficult to get resources and to get your name out to a broader and wider audience. However, by the sounds of it, Alana has a lot of awesome plans for Whimsically Warm in the future. So again, I just want to say a huge thank you for Al to Alana for coming on the podcast and being my first interview ever. It was truly an amazing conversation, and I look forward to talking to her again in the future. Be sure to follow her over on Instagram at WhimsicallyWarm, her website, WhimsicallyWarm.com, and her Etsy shop, which is Whimsically Warm. Also, please support our podcast, and if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review over on iTunes, as this is the best way that young creatives can find us and listen to our podcast. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram at doodlebug.draws, Mark at Blue Deer Design, and the podcast at Creative Waffle. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye!